in the two and a half year history of the Talking Buds podcast, I don't think I've ever said these words to you, and I'm going to say them right now. Goalie controversy. Yeah, that's true. There's been a uh, a string of backups that have just been lined up and mowed down in those two and a half years. And ever since Freddie Anderson hopped on board. But in terms of who is the starting goalie, you're damn right. There's been no controversy. No, there's been zero controversy. And now, for those of you who, for whatever reason, don't know what we're talking about, Jack Campbell comes in on Saturday night, returning from injury, and delivers his second straight shutout. He made a few saves in that game. That two-pad stack at the end of the game was... Like something out of Rock'em Sock'em Six. It sure was. Out man. of the save package. It sure was. Here's some beauty saves. Beauty. Um, I don't know, man. Like, I want to have a rational take on this. And I have lobbied more than my fair share of criticism at Freddie Anderson in the last couple of weeks. But I got to be honest with you, man. Like, some of the dunking on Freddie Anderson that was going on last night on Leafs social media was so silly and like this fan base it's like can we just can we just applaud the play of Jack Campbell without also have at the same time talking about what a piece of crap Freddie's been like it's just like like and, and that's my take on it like I don't know what your take on it is but like the way I feel is I don't want to sit here like Freddie hasn't been good he hasn't, right? But you've you've put yourself in a position now where you've come back to the pack. Your six-point lead in the division is gone. So you now have to play whoever you think is going to give you the best chance to win. And right now, that's Jack Campbell. And you can say that whilst also not dunking on Freddie Anderson. That's just my take. Yeah, I think here's the facts. It's Jack Campbell has been phenomenal ever since he stepped into a leaf net last year. He's been great. He's been injured this year. He's had a tough time, but when he's been in the net, he's been phenomenal. Freddie Anderson has had a below average year for him more than below average. He's been pretty, hasn't been himself. And also he brought up a nagging injury as well, which kind of goes along with the narrative of how maybe they're going to run with Campbell if Campbell's healthy. It's, it's the annoying thing when it's like, I'm reading an article today and it's like the guy's pointing out the way the Leafs celebrated after the game. Uh, like it yeah. was like something different Dude, this. that the Leafs just, the Leaf players just love Jack Campbell and they, they, they play different in front of them and they have more confidence in front of them. And they, he's a better guy. And it's like, I'm pretty sure Austin Matthews like quarantined with Frederick Anderson. The, the like, confident, listen, the confidence thing I can, I can wrap my head around from the standpoint of when your goalie makes a big save and keeps you in the game, it gives you a little boost. Yeah. So it's like, I can get my head around that, but I do agree with you. And like, listen, I, I don't want to be the type of guys who come on here and like criticize other fans. Like you and I get really irritated when people do that to us. And it's like, I don't want to come on here and just like be that way. But I, 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 I hear you, man. To. I hear you, man. Like, it's just like analyzing the way Travis Dermott goes and fist bumps him after the game 
versus how we would do that to Freddie. Yeah. Like that is how some people in this fan base behave. Yeah. It's it's ridiculous. It's, it's ridiculous. Ex- it's extremely difficult not to criticize other fans in this fan base. And it's like everyone gonna have their own take and, and own opinion, but it's like it's like people are so bored that the facts alone aren't good enough. Yes. It's like they gotta drum up this like psychological narrative. Yeah. And it's like at the end of the day, one guy's playing extremely well. One guy is not. So let's run with the guy who's playing better. And, and can I be honest? This is a good thing. Jack Campbell going in and playing well is a good thing. That should light, like for the first time in his tenure as a Toronto Maple Leaf, Freddie Anderson's job as the number one goalie is in jeopardy. And it's something he's going to have to compete for. You, that should bring out the best in him, no? Like, if he's yeah. 100% healthy, like, should that not bring out the best in him? Like, he's going to know going into his next start that, like, Jack Campbell right now is viewed as the better goalie of the yeah. two. And I need to go in here and I need to, like, play well in order to gain the confidence of my teammates back and to, like, gain the confidence of my head coach and my organization that, like, no, no, I'm the number one goalie. I'm paid like the number one goalie. And you brought me here to be the number one goalie. And he's got no one to blame but himself for giving Jack Campbell this opportunity. Yeah, it's just, man, at the end of the day, it's like, it's just, you got to run with the guy who's playing better. It's as simple as that. That That's all this is. It's nothing else. It's There's no psychological background therapy session we need to have with this team and having what guy in net. It's just one guy's played great. One guy's been below average. So now that we have our healthy guy back who's been playing well, it's as simple as writing his name on the board that he's starting tonight. That's it. Yep. That is all. Yep. Like on Thursday in Ottawa, you just come right back with him and you just roll with him until he until he sort of stutters or when you have a back-to-back situation. But this is interesting, right? So Freddie wasn't dressed last night and Keith came out and said, you know, he's been dealing with, with an injury. And what does that say about their faith in Michael Hutchinson that they'd rather play Freddie Anderson at 75% or whatever over giving Hutch the net and saying, you need to step in here for a little bit because we, both our goalies are hurt. Well, you made the point the other week that Michael Hutchinson was the fourth string goalie heading into this season. Yeah. And that, that was the case. And everyone, when they said, Oh, he's bringing him back for goalie depth. It's like everyone rolled their eyes. and was like, this is brutal. And it wasn't just the fan base rolling their eyes. It seems like management was also rolling their eyes because they would rather put in a one legged goaltender than put in Michael Hutchinson. And Hutchinson's been pretty decent this year what you've gotten something out of him. You've gotten wins out of him. He's had a couple bad starts, bad, bad goals against, but I think as a four string goalie bringing in, I think he's, he's done pretty well, but it is pretty clear that this team and this management has no faith in the guy whatsoever. No. And you can't really blame them based on the history last year. And then his last start in Ottawa being a disaster. Anyways, like I don't want to sit here and like, yeah, I I, honestly, the flame of the, yeah, I'm getting pretty sick of this goaltending con. Like, it's been four weeks we've been on this podcast and like a a fair chunk has been Freddie Anderson every episode. And it's just like, I'm getting kind of sick of it. It's like, it's time to just whoever you want to put net, put net. Let's stop analyzing everything. I just want to see them put a guy in the net and have him make the stop. If that's Freddie, fine. If that's Campbell. Okay. If it's Hutch, whatever. 
Yeah. Let's just play your best guy. I, I'm done with this overanalyzation of this goaltending situation because I hate goalie controversies as a Toronto Maple Leaf fan. It is my least favorite thing on planet. Why? What? It brings you back. It brings me It's PTSD, like you said. And sometimes I feel bad using the, the term PTSD because it's actually a serious thing. But it's like you, you think back to, to all the years growing up when I watched the Leafs, they never had a solid goaltender. No. And I Anderson because I thought he was stability. And if you go through his statistics, he's oh, he's been a pretty good goalie. He's a middle of the pack, solid goalie, which is why I like him so much because he's been better than what they've had for years. So I've always had his back. He had his ups and his downs, but I've always backed him. This year, he's he's this is his worst year he's had by a mile. Yeah. Save percentage wise, his goals against average around the same, but like his save percentage is way down. And he's letting in a lot of goals and at bad times. And I thought Sheldon Keefe made a point after the game last night, and he did say that Jack Campbell makes a timely save, which is an interesting quote because that's what we've been complaining about with Freddie Anderson. But it's like I just I don't care who it is at this point. I don't care if it's Freddie. I, I don't care if it's Jack Campbell. Just throw your best guy in for the remaining of the season, whatever you think that is. So your philosophy on Freddie Anderson uh, has always been better the devil you know, yeah, than the devil you don't. Exactly, and it's and it's if you're looking past this season, is Jack Campbell long term option as your number one goalie? I don't know. I don't know. Can he stay healthy enough? I don't know. Yep. Do you, who do they have coming up? Nobody. So they might have to go get Joe somebody Wall. else. Another thing to think about too is as if the worse Anderson plays and the more he sits out, his price is going lower and lower yeah. every single day. Yeah. So that's also something well, to think about as well. Especially in a, in a flat cap off season. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, I, I think just to close it, close um, the discussion on Freddie. I, I think what you said there, you're like, if you look at his numbers, he's been like a middle of the road goalie. And I think, listen, that's, that's, that's not awful. But at the same time, it's like, I think the reason why Leafs Nation gets upset about that and that he's not in that elite discussion is because of his playoff performances. Yeah. And because winning a playoff series is so important. Like we said it last week and I still feel that way. Like everyone's like, Oh, Oh, they've given up the lead in the division. It's like, listen, as long as they get one, I don't even care if they finish fourth. I honestly don't. Like, if you finish fourth, as long as you make the playoffs and then do something in the playoffs, is all I care about. Yeah. If you get to the second round, third round, nobody's going to remember or care that you came in fourth and you made the great point last week that home ice advantage means absolutely Yeah, it means nothing. So, I think, anyways, with Freddie, it's... The fear, like, can he get you there? And mm-hmm. I think that's what people look at him and they think, like, I don't know. I don't know if he can. And I think that, like, I don't know. Yeah. I, I hear you, though. I hear you. Like, the, the last thing you want is to be in a situation where, like, you, you don't have stability in net. and you. And you got to remember, like, Freddie's had a heavy, heavy workload since he's been here. He's played 60-plus games, I think at least twice. Mm-hmm. And he and I, I always remember checking shots against.
ups. Like he, he had a tough workload in his four plus years here. So that's also taken a toll on him as well. I think it's like, this is the first year where he's had a half decent decor, but this is the worst year. Yeah. As a Maple Leafs in his career with this team, I, I think. All right, moving on. Why does the power play stink? Because Austin Matthews isn't the same player he was. Yeah. Last night, they're pa- here they are again, passing the puck around like idiots, don't have a play. Yeah. If you're trying to execute a play every single power play and it just doesn't work, okay, okay. Can, can I go on, like, uh, to to that point, can I, can I just go on a little rant here, okay? It's like, watching the game, right? You've lost six to seven. You're going to have to grind out a win, okay? You're going to have to score a dirty goal. So come on, come over the blue line, throw it at the net, go bang in a crap goal. But no, it's over the blue line, between the legs, spinorama, back around the net. Yeah, and it's just drop like, pass. guys, like, my God. Like, it just, and like, listen, when they're winning, I'll, I'll say it, when they're winning and they're doing that, you're like, oh, look at these guys. Look at yeah. this team. Look well, at this puck possession game and whatever. But it's like last night, like last, there was a sense of desperation last night watching that game. It's like you've lost six of seven, and you're the Oilers are now tied with you. Ever since they they embarrassed Connor McDavid for three days, that is you've awoken the sleeping giant because he's just taking the lead, taking the league by storm. Yeah, and so now the Oilers have come. So it's like we need a win here. Okay? Yeah, we need a win. I don't care. Like go bang in a dirty goal. Just do it. But nope. Where, like Mitch Marner skates around the the end of the blue line, skates back, does a spinorama, does a back pass, gets into the corner, pass, 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 well, shoots it over the net. An example last night too is the the goal Hyman had when he spun around the net and put it in the net. The only reason why he had that opportunity to do that is because Morgan Riley pinched yep. and went hard to the net and took two guys out of the play with him, and that left Hyman open for a goal. So that that's a perfect example right there of like that's what happens when you stop trying to do the drop pass every ten seconds. I, I just think their power play, again, two and a half years of this podcast, biggest problem with their power play is like you, you watch Washington, deadly power play. You watch Edmonton, deadly power play. They always have kind of a play they're working towards. And a team, even if they try to defend it, they can't because it's such an effective play and the guys are so skilled that they're going to score a goal with the man advantage. And they just start passing it and passing it and passing it. And it's like, well, they're, they're, they're also back to doing the little drop pass at the blue line that never, almost never works. And, and it's like, where is Matt? Is Matthews on the strong side or is he on his offside? Like they can't decide right now. It's like last night he was on his one time side, but other time early in the season, when he was on his strong side, he was getting ample opportunities and cashing in, cashing in on them. So it's like, I'm so good. Conf- I wish they could come out and really tell me, what's going on with 34 because he's not the same player he no, was. No. It's not that he's bad, but like he was dominating. Yeah. He was the best player in the NHL at one point this season. And I think he's back to where he was almost last year where it's like the guy is great, but he's just that gear is gone that to, to put him in that like McDavid level. Yeah. Maybe that's not fair. Cause McDavid's just disgustingly good, but like, but he was he was in that level. He was, yeah, yeah, he, he was, was there, that, yeah. dude. He's he had twenty. He hasn't really scored that much, no. and he's still leading the league in goals. Yeah, he hasn't gotten that many points lately, and he's still up in points. Yeah. So it's like he's definitely taken a step down. And I just really wish I could get an honest answer about what he's feeling or or what they're doing to like 
have him play, but also not hurt his wrist too much. Cause that's just annoying. Well, it's, it's clearly a situation where the injury can't get any worse. Cause he wouldn't be playing if that was the case, but uh, absolutely. Like he, he is not also the Calgary flames last night. Just every single time he had the puck, he was getting nailed. He was getting roughed up. Yeah. He was getting knocked down. Lucic, dirty, dirty hit all, along the glass there. Yeah. Also, has Matthew Kachuk surpassed Brad Marchand as the biggest rat in hockey? That guy, man. Oh my God. Listen, okay. <laughs> let's, let's, like, let's, let's, through two games, he fights Justin Hole and he waits until Hole, like, isn't looking to go up and start throwing punches at him. Yeah. He spends all night roughing up Jake Muzzin. Who, um, who, like, is wearing a face shield for a broken bone in his face? Mm-hmm. And then my favorite play last night: Wayne Simmons goes into the corner, and Simmons ended up getting a boarding penalty for this. But Wayne Simmons goes into the corner and lays a body on him, does nothing. It's like, oh, okay, okay, I see how this is. Yeah, okay, you you have no problem dropping the gloves with Justin Hole, but when Wayne Simmons goes and gets in your face, you want nothing to do with it. You just skate. It's away. a different Wayne Rat. class. Rat. I'd say Rat. he's still an inch below Marshan because why Marshan drives you nuts is he's like he's so good, like yeah. you know, like he could he could snipe on you, yeah. which which makes him so much more hateable. Kachuk is. He's a good player, but I I don't hate him actually. I I think he's an oh I take him I take him in a Leaf jersey in a second. But like but, I would say like I'm watching the game and it's like I'm watching Hull fight him and I'm like I get that I would fight Matthew Kachuk. Yeah. You know, like you look at Lucic, you're like no thank you. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> like I don't want my face beat in. I don't yeah. know if you see Lucic just parade of fights, but like he's pummeled some dudes. Yeah. Like he's he's right up there with the toughest guy in the league for sure. But like. Chuck, I just watch him. Like I'd drop the gloves with this guy. Yeah, he's the type of guy I would be like, okay, let's go. Anyways, yeah, I was happy to see Hull do it. Like, why not go for it? Anyways, my my original point was I thought they're playing Matthews really tough last night, and they're running him and they were putting pressure on him, and it was just like they're they're hitting him. And there was a clip of him coming to the bench, and he just slams a stick out of frustration. And it's like they're well, like, buddy, go look, go look at uh this guy. This guy's the perfect Dougie Gilmore, perfect example of taking a beating. Yeah on a game-to-game basis and fighting through it and being one of the best hockey players in the NHL. Which brings me to my next point, okay? I took some heat last week from from my take on John Tavares. And it kind of pissed me off because I went out of my way to say two things can be true and in no way am I sitting here saying he shouldn't have been signed to that contract, whatever. But I don't know how you can watch him. Like, if you were going to sit here right now and say... Jason Spezza has been more valuable this season than John Tavares has. I I can't believe you just said that. I was literally about to look at you and be like, is this the hot take of the century? Has Jason Spezza been arguably more effective than John Tavares this Uh, year? To me, it's inarguable. That's that's so weird. And and you know what? Like like all things with this fan base, like if you say that, people just come at you and they're just so upset. But it's like, I don't know how. Listen, we, uh, we made a special appearance this week on Puck and Pod with our buddies. Check that out. I retweeted it on my uh, Twitter account, so check that out if you haven't. And I thought that they put it the best way because we got into the Tavares discussion, discussion and they said, right now, the drop, 
there shouldn't be this much of a drop off yeah. from Matthews to Tavares. Yeah. And I, I didn't I didn't think William Nylander played that well last night. They're trying Alex Galchenyuk on that line right now. And to be completely honest, through two games, I don't think he was that bad. Like it, it, it remains to be seen like yeah. what how long that's gonna last, but I don't think he was too bad on his wing. But no, I think it's inarguable. I think if you were gonna sit and say in a night in, night out basis this year. Jason Spezza has been more effective than John Tavares. And I'm not in the room. I don't know. Like, I'm going strictly based off of, like, what you see, like, with John Tavares and his media availability. <laughs> yeah, 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 you know, we got a – he's a really good player, and, uh, you know, you know, Will is a great player, and blah, blah, blah. So it's like, he doesn't seem like the most – love Johnny, love him. Yeah, yeah. He's just not the most charismatic of individuals. And you mm-hmm. just see Spezza when he scores a goal. Just look at the bench, and he's like, let's go. And then last year in the bubble, he's the one who drops the mitts and against the – the blue jackets. And it's just like, he's his, after he scored last night, I tweeted his leadership cannot be overstated. Yeah. And his experience. And like, he's here, he's in the twilight of his career. Yeah. He wants to win. So he's looking down the bench being like, let's go, let's go. But yeah, no, I don't think, I don't think that's a hot take at all. Jason Spets is a very interesting case because he went to Dallas on a good contract and he was almost, he wasn't making the money that Johnny was, but like he went to Dallas and he was kind of irrelevant yeah. and, and just didn't really live up to the Jason Spezza that, that was grew up in Ottawa. But like now you're watching him and like, it's, it's making me laugh. The goals he's scoring. Yeah. Like he's scoring beauty goals yeah, yeah, like yeah. like 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 old jason spezza goals and yeah. it just it, it, i crack up every time i watch him because it looks like he is having the most fun playing hockey right yeah. now and there's no pressure on him because he's not making any money and he, and everything's gravy with him and he's just like i'm so happy for him when i watch him like he's just been phenomenal this man. is where i'm hope this is where i was hoping this conversation would go like i didn't want to sit here and bash johnny i wanted to sit here and praise jason spezza Cause I just think he's such like to have him doing what he's doing, being paid what he's being paid is fantastic. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Phenomenal. And, and I I wanted to ask you your opinion on jumbo since he's come back from his injury, because he's again, another guy who, who if Joe was making six and a half, like Marlo was or six or whatever, then it'd be a different story, but he's making, Again, the 700 G's. He's on a one-year deal. And at the beginning of the year, I expected him to be to be moved down the lineup as as the year went on. And I feel like his start gave some people some unrealistic expectations. And now it's just coming back down to like Joe Thornton at his age is a third line, fourth line hockey player. And and it's like and I heard I've seen some people criticize him, and it's just like at the end of the day he came in to be jumbo, to be a, a legend in this league, to be on this team, to help this team in tough situations. And it's like, I think he's finally starting to come down to like where he's at in his career. I'm not criticizing him or anything, but he's definitely, he definitely had a, a shot in the arm at the start of the season. I think now it's starting to kind of wear off a little bit. So two things on Joe Thornton. Um, first of all, last night when uh, Keith, um, 
put the fourth line together of Kerfoot, Thornton, and Spezza. I saw that, and I'm like, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah. And to be honest, I thought that was one of their better lines yeah. last night. Yeah, no, I'm not saying he's been bad. So but like- here's the thing with Joe Thornton. I 100% agree. He's definitely come back down to earth. I think if you can find a nice slot for him down there in, in the fourth line. To me, if I look at this team and, like, if you're going to say ideally – they're, they're forwards, right? So through four lines, the odd man out to me is Alex Kerfoot. Like, he's the guy who, like, I don't know where you put this guy. Again, I thought the fourth line last night was pretty good. Um, and if you can give Thornton a fourth line role that he can be effective in, because he's... I don't know. It's the, it's the, how much do intangibles matter to you? Like there's people, you just can't see it. No, but there's people like the numbers. People will say they don't matter. And it's like, no, they actually do matter. And he's clearly loved in that room. And you're gonna, like you heard, we talked about this again with the, the guys the other day, like you heard about the ripple effect that happened to them last year when Babcock was scratching Spezza. And I think you're running that risk if you do it with Thornton. I yeah. think he's so beloved in that room. I think he's so experienced. They would never. Dude, listen. They would never, man. Listen. They would not. You could you could make the argument that this is a this is an apples to oranges comparison. But I'm gonna look I'm gonna say Rob Gronkowski, okay? Largely invisible all season for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Invisible. Goes into the Super Bowl. And catches two touchdown passes yeah. and is one of the MVPs of the game. So if Jumbo is just going to kind of coast to the regular season, and if he can get into the playoffs and score you a big goal on the fourth line or get out there or or give a speech in the dressing room. Oh, and he's or, going to. Or be put out there in, like, certain situations. I don't care. No. Like, I don't care. To me, it's worth it. That's what that team has lacked. And you still see it on them. Like, even last night, I want to talk about this last night, too. People make a huge deal about this, and I, you saw it last night. This is a different, different hockey team when Wayne Simmons is in the lineup. Oh, yeah. It is a— I love Wayne Simmons. Yeah, I, know, <laughs> I love him, man. I know, I know. He's such a beauty. I know. It is It he's is a just, different he's team. He's just a bad dude, man. People were I sharing the People were sharing the gif last night of Hyman scoring his goal and going over to the yeah. bench, and him and Simmons just, like, having the best celly, yeah. and it's like, that matters. And you saw him last night, Kachuk running around, like I said earlier, has the dirty fight with Justin Holt. Wants no part of Wayne Simmons. No. Like, when is the last time the Leafs had a a guy that, I'm not going to lie to you too, like, I know it's only a second game back, but last night, because Matthews was getting roughed up in the first Calgary game as well. So last night when they had Simmons on his wing to start the game, I was like, good, good. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. He gets me, like, excited. You know, know. like, that's why, like, that's why I'm kind of an old school guy in a way, because I still get like a little giddy over the fact that like we got a bad dude on the ice yep. and like he's going to punch your face. And like, I mean, Calgary's a tough team because I don't know if Wayne wants to, Wayne's a tough guy, but I don't know if you want to go dropping it with with Lou Cheech because no. like that's no, no, he's a scary dude. But yeah. like it, it is nice to have a guy who, who you could look at on your bench and be like, this is a bad guy yeah. and he could he can mess somebody up yes. if he gets in my face. That's why when I hear the rumor that the Leafs want to, I don't know if the Leafs haven't said anything, but like the guys, when they throw around uh, Nick Foligno's name as, as a a potential trade guy, I'm like, 
See, I'm about that. Yeah, yeah. Because that's character, a, that's character another guy. guy who's not afraid no. to drop the gloves and, 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 and like, like a character guy, it's a captain yes. material. And in John Tortorella's eyes, which means he's old school as a guest. Yes, yes. So it's like I hear that name, and it's like if you want to bring in a forward like that. I'm down yeah. because what you just said, Wayne Simmons out there, it's just like it's it feels different. Yeah. It, it, even him on the power play, the power play struggled, but even just the way he's out in front of the net with his screen, he's just different. You know, like he's different out there. He's that is probably my favorite signing so far as this season has yeah. happened. And he's been gone for six weeks. I know. I know. And he comes back and it's like, They're I still love this guy. Completely different team. Like they, like they both those Calgary games, like the, they obviously they lost the Friday night one, but they were the better team in both those games. And it's just like, Oh my God, I'm, I'm a hundred percent with you. I love the guy too. Yeah. He's, yeah. He gets he me, is, he gets me oh. like excited. Oh yeah. Like I love, oh, yeah. I love the legend of guys like that. You yeah. know, yeah. it's like, yeah. they're the, they're the best, yeah. they're the best yeah. type of guys to have. He's a beauty. Yeah. Well, they, so they got another like little break here. Like they don't play again until Thursday night in Ottawa. Yeah. Um, Ottawa. Yeah. <laughs> I know they they play well against. Gonna have Ottawa. to drink some heavier beers than this to watch that game. Yeah. So, Jeez. I don't know. I mean, listen, you just got they just got to kind of get it back on the rails here. Let's see what happens with Jack Campbell. Let's let's see if Kyle Dubas can make a deal. I mean, there was like all kinds of speculation this week that he was going to make a deal. He came out. Oh, this is what I wanted to mention to you. He came out and he said that he was open to acquiring a rental and trading a prospect to get. A rental. Well, you're, so you're, you're looking at Nick Robertson. That's Robbins Robertson. Um, if you want to get, if you want to yeah. get something that like actually matters. Well, and I also heard, I don't know. It might've been, no, it was somebody it might've been Dreger or LeBron or somebody who said that, um, Sandine is an untouchable to them, which yeah. I found kind of interesting. Well, like I get it though, because I, I've talked about how I want them to get a defenseman because it's like, the reason why he's an untouchable is because that's such an important position. Well, and my hot take on on that is I don't think they intend on re-signing Morgan Riley at the end of next season, and I think they see Rasmus Sandin as a potential replacement for Morgan Riley. Again, I got to be careful with that though, because yeah. Rasmus Sandin's done a hell of a lot of nothing in the NHL. So it's like let's 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 slow down the comparisons to Morgan Riley. What'd but what do you think of uh, the Hurricanes placing Jake Gardner on waivers? Shocked. <laughs> I feel bad for Jake yeah. in a way, yeah. because that guy, that guy had a tough time. But oh, like, he did he did? If he can't, if he can't well, survive, and that's why on... I mentioned earlier, like the dunking on Freddie. It's like, yeah, just stop. Like, yeah. and I know I've sat there too, and I've said it hasn't been good enough, and I've even gone as far as to say he stinks. Yeah, okay, but just like, like I saw a tweet last night that said Freddie Anderson, pack your shit, and I was just like, man, like. People are savage. Yeah, they man. are. They're savage. savages online. Yeah. They're all tough guys. Yeah. Like it's like just, just like y- you forget the effect that all this stuff has on a real human being. Yeah. You know, like, like this like, guy's a, a real human being. Like, why? But also, it's like why? We're Leaf fans. We're as passionate Leaf fans as it gets. We're so passionate that we decided to start our own podcast. But like, do I? Do I get that angry now? 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 If they get eliminated in the first round, I'm going to get that angry. Yeah, but, like, you can get angry, and maybe in your own home, in your own privacy, you might call a guy an F an idiot. Yeah. But, like, you're not on Twitter tagging the guy, telling him to pack his shit, yeah. or calling him an F an idiot and tagging him. You know, like, yeah. it's it's different to me. Like, maybe 
maybe in the grand scheme of things, it's not, but it's like, you could be frustrated watching your team, but at the end of the day, that game's off and you're on to the next thing. Like yeah. these people like who personally attack these athletes because they saw Travis Dermott tap Jack Campbell a little harder than oh he does. Oh my Freddie. God. Yeah. No, that was it's the, like, that was the example I saw. Some guy had slow mode, took the time to slow mo the, the fist bump yeah. between Dermott and Campbell and being like, look at this. Rob, That's I, just this brotherhood right here. I, 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 I can't. If if we could say profanities on this podcast, I would. I hate Leafs Twitter more than anything else on planet Earth. There's a reason why I'm not on Twitter. It's it's garbage on there. You know, like it's, it's extremely it, toxic. There's a lot of people with good opinions, yeah. like no doubt. But uh, like anything in life, it's the complete idiots and the people who are toxic that that take the forefront. And that's why I'm not on Leaf Twitter. It's a joke. Yeah, it's, it, it's, people are so stupid. They're fake tough guys. Yeah. They drive me nuts on there. It's like, extremely toxic. It, it, it's terrible. Anyway, so on that note, um, head on over to our Instagram yeah. at Talking Buds Podcast if yeah. you like what you saw today. Like, tag, subscribe, leave a review, do whatever you want. Really appreciate it when people go out of their way to do that. We're on this. It's a huge, huge help. Thank you guys for checking us out this week, and we'll see you next week. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network. I'm Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app.